Episode 308, What to Do When You Can't Hack the Problem. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here of Always a Lesson, host of the Empowering Educators podcast. Whether you're teaching a lesson or you are learning one yourself, this podcast is for you. And if you have been struggling to overcome obstacles in your role, listen in to what I want to share with you today. It might be a singular problem or a sequence of problems in this season of distress, but either way, you are going to be equipped to recognize process and work through a problem you feel you cannot hack. And as always, I will share a story with you, a lesson, practical tips, because I want to help you put it into action. So let's roll. I love kicking off an episode with the rationale. Where did I come up with this topic today? Well, our role as educators is obviously challenging. Our brains operate on full throttle, multitasking our way through the day. We usually can work through our problems, but sometimes there are problems we just cannot figure out the answer to. And it keeps us up at night. It affects our appetites. It drains our energy. We completely lose our mojo. This is not a problem just unique to education, by the way. It's just life. And so when we learn how to approach problems that we are unsuccessfully trying to hack, we can actually skip over the negative effects that happen to us, especially to our mind and our body. And so I want to share a story with you. There is a little TMI (laughs) related to my son here, but uh, I, I think the illustration is well worth that moment there. So he is three. If you followed me on social media, you knew there was a week where I just ghosted. (laughs) I was not around. I was stressed out. I did pop on to say I'm alive. Everything's good. But this is a very challenging season. I'm sure it's going to be a lesson. When I figure out the other end of this thing, it's going to be a podcast episode. That's how time consuming and overwhelming this was. And to give you a little backstory, he needed to be potty trained by this past summer so that he would be eligible to go to preschool at this little Christian school. Now, this Christian school is not a daycare, so they don't have facilities to change kids and they don't want to get into that whole side of things. And so they're very much you use the restroom. They don't come in with you. They don't want to be alone with your child. They definitely don't want your child's clothes off kind of thing. So there is this fine line of like, you have to be ready for school. Like you can't be in the in-between stages. They're just not for this particular place. And so the principal had been phoning me multiple times over the past year to double check that he was going to be ready. Because when she would call, I'd say, yeah, we're working on it or we just started. And um, she's like, are you sure he's going to be ready? And I'm like, 
Yes, <laughs> I didn't know, but I mean, what else am I supposed to say? So two months in, school started in August. So two months later, he has had the greatest experience at school. Everyone is just praising him. He's a helpful friend. He's a kind student to everyone. He follows directions. And I had said, you know, he's a July baby. So I'm expecting you to tell me he's very young and especially boys tend to mature later. And so I figured that they were going to have to tell me he would have to repeat. And they definitely said no. Well, then the event (laughs) took place. He ended up getting constipated, TMI, and he associated that pain with a toilet. And so in his little three-year-old brain, rationalized, well, if I just go standing up or in my pants, then it's not going to hurt me. Just when I do it on the potty, it hurts. So he ended up having two accidents at school in a six-week period. And the rule is if you have three in six weeks, then you were asked to leave. It used to be you would have to retrain, but they realized that that wasn't actually producing results and that the kids just weren't old enough yet. And being that he was barely three when he entered the class, it's it's no shock that he is still not perfected this. So we get the warning call from the teacher, and then they cc'd in the email to the principal. And I'm like, oh my God, we have one more shot. Like, I can't mess this up. I have work to do during the day. I can't have him home anymore. And he's doing so well. He's thriving. I mean, besides this one thing that's just happened to occur, I mean, he was perfect before this. So he's shown he is physically capable. But now this is more of like a mental hurdle. So I'm like, what are we going to do? Well, let's just keep him out of school. And we are going to retrain him. And I knew it was going to be hard because he physically could do it and he knew he could do it, but his brain was telling him not to do it. So we did all the things like put him on the potty in intervals. Like you were just starting potty training, getting him exciting new underwear, praising him like crazy, and then taking away things like his favorite toys when he was consciously choosing not to go because you could see like he's realizing I should probably go and then he chose not to and so he would get in trouble and then we would talk about different sitting positions I mean I really went down Google's like hole of information to do anything I could possibly figure it out then we were like well let's make sure we give him a laxative to ensure he doesn't have pain and get him cleared out sorry this is a lot of TMI just hang with me <laughs> and then that we got through that hurdle and we were regular and then I was like, well, let's just give him these gut health vitamins just to encourage him to keep going. Because here's the thing, when when you're potty training, number one, you get a lot of reps in each day. And so you're able to kind of overcome any mental hurdles. But number two is like maybe once a day, if, if that. And so he just wasn't getting a lot of opportunities to prove to himself that it didn't hurt and it wasn't going to hurt him. And so I would tell him, tell your brain to be brave. You know, the more you go, the easier it is. And he knew what he had to do and why he had to do it, but he just kept choosing not to. And I couldn't for my life understand why this was happening. And I was doing everything I could. I I was reading about it. I was getting advice from everybody. It's like the only thing left to do was me to transform into his little body and fix it. And I couldn't. Okay, so we're beyond that TMI stuff. If you have been tuning out, come back in. (laughs) But I had so much anxiety over him potentially getting thrown out like this immense pressure of how are we going to coordinate schedules how am I going to get my real job done during the day if he's home with me how is he going to progress because yeah I can teach him stuff at home but he's not getting that socialization and learning from somebody else and being with his peers and all that's so important especially at this young age I was not sleeping 
I was so irritable. It's like I didn't want to talk about it. I was like getting angry almost, frustrated. I was crying about this problem. And people were like, it's no big deal. Like if he gets kicked out, he gets kicked out. I'm like, well, I'm not going to send him back the following year. Like, and I was like, this is a Christian school. And how unchristian of you? Like I was really getting upset. But here's the thing. I mean, I was talking to all the brilliant moms, but that intense pressure was really just knocking me out. And I wasn't able to even focus in on my work or anything else that was going on. In the end, he had to work through it in his head. And that just took time. It was 10 days of being home, talking about our plan for the day, talking about our our end goal, talking about the different strategies we were going to try. I mean, he was included in a lot of that conversation. But time and and him just facing his fears and working through it was was in the end the only thing that was going to help. He had to be the one to solve his problem and not us. Ellie educators, have you heard? My next book is out soon. It's called Always a Lesson, Teacher Essentials for Classroom and Career Success. I share the Teacher Essentials pathway where you can strengthen and catapult your instructional talents brick by brick. And so we hone in on four elements of powerful instruction. Whether you teach yourself or you lead teachers, this book will help you diagnose potential hiccups, fix them up good as new, and create dynamic habits that will result in academic strides for generations to come. Every educator, no matter their role, needs this book in their hands as they work with staff and students in school buildings around our nation. So pre-order your copy at alwaysalesson.com slash teacher dash essentials. That's teacher dash essentials. Let's transform education together, y'all. Now back to the show. And so the lesson that I learned through all this, and I'm happy to say we are, we're good. We are over that hurdle. He is proud of himself. He's open and honest about what scares him and makes him nervous. And I can still hear him in there talking to his brain, like be brave brain. It's just precious. So what in the learning experience for him, whether he remembers this or not, I can definitely tell it had an impact on him and hopefully a positive one of just building confidence and connection with us and being part of the solution. But some problems aren't meant to be solved by you. And that's the lesson. We have to accept that fact. I mean, only after we hack the heck out of it, right? Like, which is what I did. I literally followed the paper trail until there was no trail. And I was like, well, there is nothing else to do but sit and wait and let him figure it out. And that is really hard. And if you're in the classroom waiting for kids to figure things out, it's hard to watch. You as parents watching your kids make bad decisions or struggle, and it's like you just want to go in there and fix it, and you can't. The only way they will learn the lesson and for the impact to actually occur, they have to come to the realization. They have to do the work. And so in a, in a school setting, sometimes we are trying to fix a problem that's not our problem to fix. It requires other people to be bought into it. It requires people to put in the effort to want it as bad as we do, to be aligned to our vision. And sometimes they're just not. And we need to be patient. We need to wait. We can assist. We can mentor. We can guide. We just can't do it for them. So my tips for you that when a problem arises, you're going to diagnose why it happened like, how do we get in this predicament? Reflect on what have you used in the past in terms of a strategy that's worked. Prioritize your list. So once you've come up with all these ideas of different things you can try, 
which makes sense to start first and on you go. And then you just execute this list. And when you get to the bottom of the list, which is what happened here, and this is when you can't hack the problem, you're at the bottom of the list, you're like, I, I got nothing left, no more tools. Employ your can't hack this strategy. And this is what the can't hack this strategy is. Just rest assured that you have acknowledged that a problem does exist. You've notified all stakeholders about this potential problem. You gave it your best trying to hack, hack, hack this problem. And say to yourself, I'm not dumb. I am not lazy. I have just run out of tools. And that's okay. Then you got to allow time to work in your favor. And most things tend to work themselves out. And for me, it was a time issue. I didn't want him, I didn't know if they were going to kick him out because he was out of school for so long. Because remember, it's 10 days. I'm like, are they going to be like, you can't keep him out of school this long? I mean, I didn't know what was going to happen. But really, time was the only thing that needed to happen. And also, keep an eye out, but your hands off. Meaning, you can be right alongside the person in the problem, but get your hands off. It's not for you to solve. Be there when they need you. Make sure it's progressing in the right direction. Intervene as you can, but really it's their time to, to do it. And then trust that hindsight's twenty twenty. It will make sense later, and it's going to set you all up better later. We can't go in and be fix it all the time. So your can't hack this strategy is rest assured that you have tried everything you know to do. Allow time to work in your favor. Keep an eye out, but hands off. And trust that hindsight is twenty twenty. All right, Elite Educators, that's a wrap for this week's podcast on how to attack the problems giving you the greatest resistance. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. <laughs> <laughs>